Party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week I am joined by Angela Kraft from the Fandible podcast for a playtest of Evil Hat's new fate game, Shadow of the Century. Fandible is an absolutely amazing actual play podcast. They play a myriad of different games in different genres and styles. They've probably played something that you're going to dig particularly if you like two-player games, because starting this Thursday, they are launching the Fandible Solo Shot, which is an ongoing two-player Star Wars Force and Destiny game. Obviously, you can tell I'm pretty excited about this, because two-player games rule, and there should be more podcasts about them. So I really hope you'll check it out this Thursday, May the 4th, Star Wars Day, Fandible Solo Shot. You can find all of that at Fandible.com. Shadow of the Century is a game that we've played before on the show. It is the sleek, neon-soaked 80s sequel to Fate's Spirit of the Century, in which new wave heroes battle against the corporate hands that have placed our world in a stranglehold. It's super cool. It's extremely up my alley, and I cannot wait for you to hear the episode. You can find more information about that in the show notes. Finally, before we dive in, I want to expend a special thank you to the Creative Play and Podcast Network, our newest backers on Patreon. Patreon support is so important in helping us not only keep the lights on and cover hosting fees, but procure new equipment, expand our con presence. It's just really wonderful and powerful, and so thank you from the bottom of my heart. I hope you enjoy getting some bonus content every week. If you'd like to find more information, you can find that at patreon.com slash partyofonepodcast. And with all that out of the way, let's throw it over to me in the past so he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down with Angela Craft. Angela, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Thanks for having me. So, at the top of the show, uh, we love to let our guests talk about any cool projects they might have coming up, particularly if those guests might enjoy things, such as two-player role-playing games and or podcasts. So, why don't you talk about anything you might have coming up? All right. Well, uh, speaking of what your listeners might like if they are into two-player podcasts, I am a member of the Fandible Role-Playing Podcast. We've been around for a while now of uh, doing very large games. We have four to five players in, in most of our episodes. But this week, we are starting a brand new adventure. We're calling it the Fandible Solo Shot. And it is a two-player game with me and my husband playing Star Wars Force and Destiny. Uh, and we're doing a, a an in- inquisitor's story set in the Star Wars universe. Oh, that sounds really exciting. I didn't re- I didn't I I didn't know you were doing Force and Destiny and that's super that's really exciting because that game works really well with two people. <laughs> like that's a good that's a good ge- a good duet game. So that's really exciting. Yeah, we've played as a, a larger group. Um, we did uh, Edge of the Empire, which uh, since it's it's kind of scrappy and gritty, it makes sense that you have a bunch of people who can kind of rely on each other. But with Force and Destiny, you're getting characters that are powerful enough uh, that they can they can hold their own against the big bads of the galaxy, or especially when they are the big bads of the galaxy or part of the the big bads. Uh, There's another reason we wanted to do it as two players because we really wanted to focus on this one person's story and hopefully it will be a story of redemption where he sees that while the the dark side certainly has a lot of allure, uh, that maybe it's not the best path to power in the galaxy. That's that's fantastic. That's 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 just that's fantastic. I don't have other words. That's fantastic. Cool. (laughs) So that's launching uh, May the 4th. Yes. Uh, so this week, we are playing Shadow of the Century by Evil Hat. Uh, it is a game currently playtesting in the final round of playtesting, I think. But uh, I am so. super excited about it. I love this game to death, and I'm really excited to get to play it again. So why don't you introduce your character this week? 
So I am playing Jessie, uh, who is also known as the Material Girl. She is uh, somebody that spends most of her days at the mall shopping for the latest deals or not deals. She has money, so she doesn't need to worry about the the bargain racks. Uh, but by night. Her high concept is that she is a valley girl Batman. Her superpower is money and brains and charm. And, uh, she uses these, these, these powers that she has to, uh, keep herself busy. There's no noble calling here. It's about finding something to do after the mall has closed. I love, I love that to death. <laughs> so I am ready to dive in. Are you ready to dive in? Absolutely. All right. So. We start on a wide shot of Dutch Dillon, uh, Fort Dutch Dillon, a military base in, what's the name of the city that you live in? Uh, the city is uh, named uh, Mount Hanover. Mount Hanover. So uh, just outside of Mount Hanover, there's Dutch Dillon military base. It is... You know, it's very iconic. There's the Jeep. We see the Jeep pull up and the two military police walk up and clear them. And we get this whole, we get the whole scene. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of black town cars and people in black suits with the earpieces walking around. (laughs) And suddenly we get this wide shot outside of like a big communications looking structure with a satellite dish on top. A burst of smoke. And there is a man in like a golden mask with a crown and a tuxedo standing there surrounded by men in in capes and tuxedos like kingly capes and tuxedos wearing <laughs> domino masks and they all have machine guns and he and like he strikes this big fancy pose and bullets start flying we get a whole oh. crazy like shootout scene and there's another burst of smoke and he's gone so people are starting to look around mm-hmm. and they open, somebody opens a door and there's a scream because the scientist that has been kept in Dutch Dillon, the scientist that has been working in Dutch Dillon military base, Dr. Leopold Methuselah has been seemingly kidnapped out of thin air. <sighs> and then we cut to the theme song and there's a lot of shots of like people at the mall and you know teenage things. it's a very very light poppy sort of cindy lopper theme song very disconcerting after this this scene at a dark military base yeah 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 it's it's fun we're gonna get some good we're gonna get some soundtrack sales off of that <laughs> so give me the opening sh- give me like the intro for jesse give me give me the opening shot that she's in and where she is when she hears a news report about this kidnapping uh, Jessie is in her natural habitat. She is at the mall. She's walking down the, the hallways. And this is the, the height of the mall in America. So the, there is, there's crowds. There's children running amok. There's other groups of teenagers. But Jessie, Jessie is a lone hunter, uh, in the mall. So she's not surrounded by a cadre of, of fellow teenagers. She is exquisitely fashionably dressed. She's wearing leg warmers and leggings and lots of lace, like lace gloves that have been cut off, 15 necklaces. Uh, she has, uh, blonde hair that's extremely permed and curly with a, a ribbon tied through it. Uh, so very much, 
Madonna sort of er, you know, early Madonna style. And she is walking through a department store, checking out the electronics department, kind of disdainfully because this is like a Sears or something. So it's not really high end electronics. Mm-hmm. But of course, it has a bank of televisions, an entire wall covered in televisions. Uh, and she's walking past when there's a breaking news bulletin. Yeah. Um, and a very 80s looking uh, newscaster. So the permed, like the the, the real hard uh, tear on top of his head. And he's got the power tie. And he says, kidnapping out of Dutch Dillon Air Force Base. Uh, Dr. Leopold Methuselah, the head programmer in the astonishingly successful Star Wars Space Laser Defense Program, <laughs> has been kidnapped. And in, in even more shocking news, it appears, and they show a grainy screenshot of the, or grainy, like, security cam photo of the man in the, in the king mask. It appears that famed masked supervillain Antiusk, the masked king of crime, has resurfaced after decades of underground activity. What could this mean? What could his intent be? With Dr. Leopold Methuselah, a lot of troubling questions. Diane? And then it pans over. And uh, um, Jesse was wearing sunglasses, and she kind of uh, lowers them to uh, watch the the news footage. uh, And she puts them back up, and she's like, I'll be the one answering those questions. And wanders off. All right. So, uh, where does she wander off to? What's her ne- what's 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 her first move in the investigation? Uh, her first move is to go back to her her house. Uh, it's a very uh, large house. Uh, I was going to say nice, but it's eighties nice, so it's a little McMansiony, and sure. uh, uh, very over the top sort of decor. Her family's kind of new money, so it's it's kind of chintzy. Plus, it's eighties. Uh, and so her, her equivalent of the Batcave is her bedroom, because that is where 80s teenage girls always go for refuge. Right. Uh, but in super heroic fashion, uh, she goes, she goes into her bedroom. She just kind of drops off her, her bags, scattering them everywhere. She no longer is intrigued by her shopping finds. There's a new mission to occupy her thoughts. And she goes goes into her closet, which is filled with fashionable, extremely multicolored clothes. You know, it's like a neon uh, paint set threw up in her, her closet. And she goes to the back of the closet, moves aside a rack of clothes, and reveals a computer keypad. Uh, and she types in a code, uh, 8675309. And nice. the... Uh, back wall of the closet slides open, revealing that she has a a, la- a small lab setup. Excellent. So uh, why don't you make me, let's call this our first roll, to see if you can't make, uh, see if you can't find out some information about all of this. I would love to. This will be a uh, difficulty of three. And will I be using... Uh, Insight or computers? Um, whichever insight or computers, whichever one uh, you're more proficient with. It sounds like computers, but if you're if you're better with insight, uh, there might just be some things you know about this from crime fighting. It would be computers, so we'll go with that. Perfect. Two. Oh, that was not a good roll. I know nothing. I got a negative. Uh, negative one. <laughs> 
Okay, then I'm gonna uh, put an advantage. I'm gonna put an advantage on the table against you because you sure. know the basics. Mm-hmm. But the what you know is troubling and doesn't make any sense. What you know, the advantage in play is Antius is dead. Yes, or was died in died in the died decades ago. He wasn't just underground; he was dead, mm-hmm. which means that someone has taken up that mantle anew. That it's not merely that he's resurfaced like the news thinks. It's that someone has opted to take up the mantle of the man responsible for the gentleman's agreement, which is the pirate's code of organized crime in the 80s. Something that you've run into several times as the material girl. Yes. So I'm actually going to... I am going to compel an aspect. Oh, yay. Uh, I'm going to compel uh, the subplot issue aspect, which is twin sister in trouble. (laughs) Jesse's twin sister, uh, Janie. Janie is a scholar of sorts on Antius, on the history of, like, organized crime in the 40s and 50s. So if someone has taken up the identity of Antius, then clearly somebody with, like, an expertise on that is in direct danger. Yes. Uh, so I want to uh, go down the hall to Janie's room, see if she's home. She's a nerd. Where else would she be? She is not home, but you do see that the, the window is forced open. <gasps> and uh, the room is in a, a certain degree of disarray. There are... Make me an insight roll. Or a notice roll. I forget if notice is a skill in Shadow of the Century. I think think it got folded into insight. Yeah. So make me an insight roll. That's better. Uh, two. Okay. So you get a, this is, that was a tie. So you get a boost for this, uh, that you can act on this. You look around and you notice that the room is in disarray, but it looks intentionally in disarray. You notice that the only thing missing is a book on post-war, like, scientific developments. So you get a set, like, you, you it, it, it seems like, it seems like, in fact, they may have kidnapped uh, Janie mm-hmm. as, and, and set it up as a bluff. Yeah, they they threw it. They ransacked the room as a, a cover. So all you think is missing is all that I would think is missing is Janie. And in fact, right. someone went. The, I can tell because uh, her her bookshelf is normally kept meticulously in alphabetical order. Um, but the two books on each side of where this one is missing, they've been flipped. Mm, that's smart. Yeah, and we get a real close in shot on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, J- and. Uh, uh, Jesse is, you know, monologuing. Janie always keeps her books in order by author, and uh, I'm no brainiac, but even I know that D comes after C. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they've 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 kidnapped Janie, which is the immediate concern. But yes. there seems to be something coming together because you know that this Methuselah fellow was a scientist. They've taken books on post-war science developments. Something is taking shape here. Mm-hmm. What's your next move? 
was I aware of Dr. Methuselah before? Or is this this the first that I've heard about him? I think a little bit. I think you've maybe there's maybe been like a puff piece news piece about him. But for the most part, it was it's just they were just sort of like, yeah, the scientist has moved in to Dutch Dillon doing like, you know, fancy government work on the star. I think. Mm-hmm. OK, so what I'll say is you don't know of Dr. Methuselah. OK, but you know of the Star Wars space laser defense program, because that's been the big thing that like President uh, Pres Rickard has been talking about for months and months. Absolutely. Uh, so then next move, I think, is going to be, uh, well, first of all, this is obviously a job for the material girl. It absolutely so is. So I think I need need to go back to my room and uh, uh, back to uh, my little lab. And we have a, a short montage of Jesse transforming from Jesse the mall rat into the material girl. And her superhero outfit is, uh, oh gosh, it's so 80s. There's so much spandex. It's mm-hmm. painful. Are there shoulder pads? Um, oh, yes, there's shoulder pads. It's um, neon pink and teal uh, in kind of abstract geometric shapes. And, um, her, she wears a, a, like a sweatband to hold her, her massive, uh, head of blonde hair back. And she's got, uh, the cutoff gloves, um, make mm. a reappearance as well as, uh, bracers on her, her wrist kind of gauntlets that look very much like the bangly bracelet she'd been wearing earlier. Fantastic. I love it. That is a, that is a good costume. Um, <laughs> okay. So where's the material girl headed? What's her, what's her, what's her game plan? Uh, the material girl is going to, uh, she wants to go to the, uh, uh, to the, the base, the, uh, I'm sorry, what was the name of it? Uh, the Dutch Dillon Air Force Base. Dutch Dillon Air Force. Uh, because she wants to get a better idea of what, um, Methuselah was really working on, because it seems strange that somebody that's working on space age laser defense program technology would need... Or somebody that, you know, has kidnapped that person would also want a book on post-war scientific development. Mm -hmm. Those are just two very different eras. So why would somebody need both? Right. That makes sense. So, okay. So you, um, we get uh, a side, I think, yeah, we get a side swipe over to the Air Force Base. It is night. You know, the lights are, the search Mm -hmm. lights are on. Everybody's got flashlights on their little guns. Make me a. Is it stealth? I should probably have the skill list in front of me. <laughs> there is stealth. Yes, make me a stealth roll. Because I, I don't think that the military is going to be super happy about a masked vigilante <laughs> poking around. But she's so fashionable. She is very fashionable. Ah, oh, these dice do not like me. Yeah, so I got a negative two. Okay. Great. So then, uh,. We pan over, and we get, like, a shot of the the military base at night. We get a few establishing shots. We see a few shots of the material girl, like, in shadow, jumping over fences and doing cool things. And then we get a hard cut, and there are about, like, three flashlight, three, like, gun-mounted, or, yeah, three gun-mounted flashlights, like, pointing at her. And out from, out from, like, the crowd of armed guards steps... 
General Hank McLean. General Hank McLean steps out from the shadows. So, give me a detail about Hank McLean, and we'll we'll we'll, go, we'll collaborate on some details to flesh out this 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 character a little bit. Uh, Hank McLean is never seen without uh, the cigar that he's always chomping on. That makes sense. Yeah, I think he is. I I, I think he's like maybe not John Wayne specifically, but like a John Wayne style Western actor that has been cast in the role. So he walks with mm-hmm. that kind of bow legged. And he's kind of holding his belt as though there were pistols attached. <laughs> yes. So he comes out and he's like, Is there something I can help you with, little missy? Actually, I'm here to help you. Ooh, that's good. Uh, Make me a persuade roll for that, because that's a good... I don't even think we need to go further in this interaction before that. <laughs> there we go, three. Three. Perfect. That is a pass. Um, okay. He kind of, he glares at you for a bit. And, yeah, and Jesse or the material girl, just glares right back. She's about a, at least one foot shorter than General McLean. Mm-hmm. So it's very much a, a petulant teenager glaring back up at an authority figure. But uh, she has this air about her because she is the material girl. And she's able to hold her own against this grizzled military type. I, I think, yeah, and I think he kind of stares, he's got this, he kind of rolls the cigar in his mouth a little bit without, like, you know, with hands free, rolls it around, like, step into my office. Gladly. And the guards just kind of, like, almost dejectedly kind of raise up their guns, they're like, alright, we'll go back to the gate. The material girl gives them kind of a little finger wave as she, as she skips past them. <laughs> Bye! So... McLean's office is uh, annoyingly organized. <laughs> it is it is a military man's uh, like office where ever even the pencils are arranged on the desk in order of like how sharpened they've been, so from shortest to longest. And you see <laughs> pictures of Antius from all angles, mm-hmm. like every possible security camera. You see him all around the room. Mm-hmm. It's sort of the one unorgan- or disorganized thing in this incredibly organized office is just these pictures of Antius. And uh, the material girl is, rather than going to the, the desk or sitting down or showing any sort of deference to the general, she just immediately goes to the pictures looking uh, at this, this series of, of pictures of catching, catching Antius from every angle. For somebody that is been dead or supposed to have been dead for so long, you'd really think that he would have chosen a place with less cameras. So you're up to date on your history, huh? That's impressive. Yeah. I did get an A in history last semester. <laughs> uh, I could use more people like you around here. Anyway, um, yeah, so not really sure what a masked man in a Burger King mask is coming Come back from the dead. Feel like there's a lot more valuable things he could have taken than an old man. What are your thoughts on this? He might be an old man, but he's an old man that is working on some of the most advanced technology that we have. You know, I like that you know your history. I don't know that I like that you know... Eh, I guess that's nothing classified. You don't know the full story. It Um, was on the 6 o'clock news. 
it was on the six o'clock news. So roll me an awareness as you are looking at these pictures. You wanna get a you wanna get a, a three. I got a one. Okay. So yeah, um something looks off about them. You can't mm-hmm. really pinpoint what. But it doesn't quite look like the pictures that you've seen previously, or at least the pictures in the history books. Mm-hmm. He leans in a little bit. So, uh, you know, the military can handle this, right? Like, what brings what's what's a what's a vigilante got in that? What's what's what horse have you got in this race? Well, I believe that this conspiracy goes way farther than just the Star Wars space laser defense program. The uh, someone like Antius doesn't uh, reemerge from hiding, and she kind of rolls her eyes, indicating that she doesn't think that's the whole story. Just to, as you say, take someone from a military base, they would try to uh, take over the program themselves and try to use the lasers to blow up the White House and, and terrible things like that. Also. They wouldn't kidnap a local teenage girl who just so happens to be the local expert on people like Antius the same night. Bet you didn't know about that. His jaw is agape. He's holding the cigar such that it does not fall onto the desk because it will light some papers on fire. (laughs) Huh. I did not. And he kind of leans back. And he um, he gestures to the photos. He kind of gestures to the window outside. He's like, "You've got until morning. Anything you, any evidence you can dig up. Otherwise, we gotta clean up. You know, this is still a military base. We still have drills to run. Otherwise, but uh, you know, you got until morning." Thank you, General. And he picks up a phone and says, "Hey, uh, girl wants to take a walking tour. I figure it's fine." And he gives you a nod. Point gestures to the door. And uh, the material girl walks out. All right. So um, you've, you've, got some, you've got some time to poke around the scene of the crime, poke around Methuselah's lab if you like. You've got time to do all of that. And that's what I'm going to do. Okay. Roll me a an insight roll for that. Come on. Yay! Uh, that is four. Okay. Um, so that is a success. So you find out some information. You you're you're studying for the mass king of crime. Everything seems a little bit shabby. Like these are costume smoke grenades. These aren't like professional. These aren't the mm-hmm. kinds of tech things that you would get from being the king of crime. Mm-hmm. And. You're kind of like studying the casings and we get some of that great like uh, you're looking at a thing and it zooms in and pieces of it light up. (laughs) You notice that the casings match. Like the casings going in the direction of the soldiers match the casings of the bullets coming at the guards. They were using the same guns. Hmm. And... Uh, you come when uh, you you uh, you eventually peek into Methuselah's lab, and you see that uh, the equipment on the uh, sure enough everything about the space laser is taken. So you get the sense that uh, 
Maybe their objective, in fact, was, but at the same time, that raises a red flag itself. If their objective really was to take over the space laser, that feels like That's it's... Bad news. Yeah, but also that's larger than the gentleman's agreement normally reaches. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's a bit more overt than their normal uh, style has been in the last, at least as long as you've been crime fighting. Mm-hmm. So somebody is breaking the rules. Somebody was using, mili- yeah. these, using military guns, if not military personnel. And somebody is, certainly wants people to think they're Antius if they don't quite have the goods. Interesting. I would like to, uh, as I'm, would it be possible for me to get back to the general's office? I want to swipe one of these pictures of Methuselah that he, or not, uh, not Methuselah, of Antius that he had around. Sure, sure, sure. Make me a burglary roll. This is going to be a pose, so I'm going to also roll. He's got an insight of two. So you want to get, uh... You want to get two. You want to get a three or better. Nope. I got a one. Okay. So um, what happens is uh, I will let you get it, but uh, you, you you sort of like the lights are all out and you're kind of, we see your hand, we see the, the fingerless gloved hand reach <laughs> for one and the light turns back on and he's standing in the doorway and he says, got your sister, huh? Um, I didn't say that. I don't know what sort of assumptions you're making about me. I don't have a sister. I just said it was a local girl. There's lots of girls in this town. He takes the cigar, and this is the first time, even when his jaw was agape and he was holding the cigarette, this is the first (laughs) time the the cigar has, like, moved away from his face. And he's kind of holding it at his waist now. He's like, look, you want a photo for research or crime fighting or whatever, take it, but... Don't try to BS me. Fine. Fine. Yeah, so he uh, apparently, or I don't know, I don't know if it was him or if one of these weird other masked people. I Okay, can we just talk for one second about this crime against fashion of having like five people in identical outfits? What is that? <laughs> what is that about? Yeah, I, mean, I don't, I mean, you're not going to get. I mean, you're not going to get a whole lot of support from a military man about people wearing matching <laughs> uniforms. But I, but I mean, capes with a tuxedo, it's a little bit garish. <laughs> it's just not practical on so many levels. So, okay, I don't know whether it was Antius or one of his goons, or I should say this so-called Antius, because can we... It's, all right, I won't BS you. How about you don't BS me? I think we all know that this guy did not come back from the dead. We are dealing with some kind of copycat. Yeah, I, I you know, weirder things have happened, but I kind of had a, I was uh, hard-pressed to believe that a man comes back from the dead after 40 years. So I think, yeah, I think we're on the same page. Even in these strange times, the principle of Occam's razor still applies. This is true. So that's why I'm taking, I'm borrowing this little photo, and she taps the paper that's in her hand, so Mm -hmm. that I can try to find out who is under the mask. Well, via con Dios, as they say, and he puts the cigar back in, and he flips off the light, (laughs) and he heads out, and he grabs his coat, and he throws it over his shoulder, 
and uh, we pan over to the next scene. So what? So what's what does the next scene look like? Where are we? Where are we next? Uh, next, we're going to be back at the uh, the lab that's in Je- uh, Jesse's bedroom. She okay. has ch- uh, she's changed out of the the material girl outfit uh, and is um, in sort of eighties uh, pajamas. So she's wearing a, a sweatshirt that has the the neck cut out, so it hangs off of one shoulder and leggings. Sure. So this is this is casual wear. For the material right. girl, and um, she has the uh, the photo at her computer, and or, because of course she has one of those very large, bulky desktop computers, and uh, she is trying to. Uh, uh, so she's she's sitting there at this this des- ancient desktop and is uh, trying to access some sort of database that might have have photographs that she can use to cross-reference um this photo okay um yeah all right um roll me a computer's roll this is gonna be easy because you have the photo and you've got a little bit of information so you just want to two uh you want to beat a you want to beat like a one so you want a two or better all right and then four better gets you a success with style two exactly okay so um Okay, so you start to get so you pull up some data. You start to pull up some data, and the data starts to point you towards. Okay, yeah, the data is started like. Antia seems like it might almost be a dead end. Like you don't know that you have an like mm-hmm. there doesn't seem to be enough information to indicate who that might be. But there's still that book. There's still that booklet on post-war like scientific developments so you start poking around on that and you're digging deep we get like a long you know fingers at the keyboard and the lights on your face (laughs) and through the magic of 80s computers you start pulling up some unusual seeming information you find a a news clipping about an early one of the early rocket tests and it's headed up by a Dr. Liam Methuselah. What? And you're looking at it, and it's grainy. I mean, it's a tiny little photo, because it's a group, it's a bunch of group scientists, and he's just kind mm-hmm. of in the front. So you're looking at it real close, and it's it's the 80s, so we definitely get a zoom and enhance, despite the fact that this <laughs> is a grainy like newsprint photo from the 50s. You zoom and enhance, and... By gosh, there's a lot of family resemblance there. Like, you, it's mm-hmm. pretty close to identical. Hmm? Mm-hmm. I mean, it can't be a completely identical, right? That doesn't make sense, right? It, right, right. I mean, even uh, Janie and I are twins, and trust me, there's a lot of differences there. <laughs> so, yeah, so you're looking at this this photo, and that's unusual. Very it, uh, Jesse kind of mutters to herself, oh, Janie, what sort of nerd trouble have you gotten yourself into? And then things start, you start looking a little bit more closely and you kind of realize that a lot of Antius's in the 50s, like he had a lot of sci-fi e-gadgets that sort of funded his crazy schemes. Mm-hmm. And so... Surely there wouldn't be a connection between this Dr. Liam Methuselah and Antius. 
And surely somebody wouldn't, who couldn't have, surely somebody who figured that out could have, why, if they had an expert on Antius and could trace back all of those connections, they could, why, they could blackmail this man into working with them. Oh, dear. And that triggers an advancement. Oh. Because now you know what you're up against. (laughs) So. Uh, the first, so, um, one of the things I really like about Shadow of the Century that they seem to have added in the last sort of round of playtests is they've added milestones to come up trigger in, like, during the course of the game in addition to after the game. So once you figured out, once you figured out who you're up against, what the villain wants, and, uh, I'm imagining you've decided that they need to be stopped. Yeah, yep, they do. Okay, so... Describe to me how you're how you're going to start fighting against the villain. Describe to me your preparations, training, and research, and then you can choose to do one of the following: increase one of your skills, rephrase an aspect, buy a new stunt, or recover a consequence, but you haven't hit a consequence yet. Right. So I do think that this is time for uh, Jesse to uh, start. Uh, doing her her inventor spiel that's going to be part of her her preparation um she is going to uh looking through some of Janie's old books uh she wants to find kind of uh Antius's uh signature weapon and she wants to build a cooler version of it so that okay. she can show him up and uh potentially lure him out of you know hey you want the the guy that can build uh build lasers but I'm actually be- a, a better choice because I can build. I'm I'm a better inventor than you are. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I like that a lot. Okay, so uh, I'm going to create an advantage for that as well, uh, and that advantage is cool new gadget. Mm-hmm. Great. You've you've dis- so. Uh, would you like to increase one of your skills by one point, or rename a concept uh- if you'd like? Yes, I'm going to increase one of my skills, and uh, I want to increase her insight. Uh, she's okay. been doing a lot of, of research, so I feel like she's uh, advanced there. Sure. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So, okay, so you've got this device, right? Like, you've got, um, mm-hmm. what do you think it is in techno babbly terms? <laughs> uh, it is an advanced particle enhancement ray and okay. uh uh and uh antius only had a uh particle enhancement ray so mine is advanced mm, so obviously it's solid. better <laughs> and uh it is a uh a oh it's a ray gun uh, in yeah. non-technical terms and uh it has a lot of different uh, uh like uh not quite gears because that's more steampunky, but uh, levers and dials uh, to show that it has uh, so much power uh, going through it, and uh, also has pink stripes on it hmm. because we hmm. also we can't forget style. Definitely, obviously. Which honestly, okay. I think Antius or his doppelganger would also appreciate. He has terrible taste in style, but at least understands the basics that you need. Sure, sure, sure. It's, he understands the theatrics of crime fighting. Mm-hmm. In fact, that is uh, one that is one thing that you've noticed is this person, they may not have had the gear 
They may not have had the uh, equipment. They may have had to steal some guns in order to, to have a firefight. But they certainly had the theatrics down. They, they seem to move with the comfort of a generation of criminal lost. <laughs> so we get a big, uh, I, I picture it's some sort of big gala, right? Where you're introducing this, uh, this thing. Yes. Money is yes, your superpower, so I feel like that makes sense. Yes, it's the sort of thing where uh, it's aping a high school science fair, but turned up to 11 with all of her her family's money so instead of being in the gymnasium it's at the local country club and uh instead of the the trifold posters everywhere she actually has uh she's she's brought in televisions she has three televisions who has three tvs in the 80s jesse does and that's that's uh, pretty impressive (laughs) <laughs> and she's brought them all out to the, the country club so that she can have different videotapes running, showing the different uh, different features of the advanced particle enhancement ray. Of course, her, her dress is uh, 80s prom fabulous. So not just shoulder pads now, but she's got the, the puffy sleeves. Uh, in, think pretty in pink. Like that is the dress that uh, uh, the Molly Ringwald's pretty in pink dress is what Jessie is wearing. Great. Um, okay, yeah, so this is happening, we get a few shots of the, we get a few, like, uh, VHS shots of the ray being used, it's a big to-do, and sure enough, almost, almost on schedule, like I said, the theatrics are down, (laughs) burst of smoke, except this time, uh, instead of Antius, steps out, uh, a man, steps out a man in full knight armor. Oh, (laughs) One of Antius's knights. Oh, goodness. Yes. And uh, I assume people start running in, in fear and terror. Yeah. And then a few of the uh, tuxedo, like three of the tuxedo cape uh, people step out and like, you know, people start running and hands up and they cause a whole big thing. Yeah. And uh, Jesse is going to grab her uh, her advanced particle enhancement ray, uh, which had been sitting on display, and she quickly grabs it, holds it. She's not pointing it at them yet, but she obviously has it at the ready. Okay. Oh, so you guys did get the invitation. Okay, that's great. And I think uh, because he's got a big night mask on, he just kind of points at you and points at the ray gun. Oh, oh, you want, you, this is what you came for? Oh, no, see, that's kind of a problem because we're like a package deal. And uh, I think at that, he's going to run at you. Sure. So, um, yeah, he's going to run at you. He's going to take a shot or he's just going to try to like running tackle you. (laughs) All right. And the number to defend is... Ooh, it is a five. Oh my goodness. He's very good at he's very good at fighting. <laughs> uh let's see how badly I fail this because technically I can't I can't beat that. If I get all fours and I tag tag an aspect, I can survive this. But I don't. I have a negative two. Okay. 
Um, Gosh, does that mean he succeeds with style against me? <laughs> it does indeed. It does indeed. So uh, the the uh, advantage is disarmed. Raygun goes flying. Sure. Uh, there's a scramble to try to grab it from the 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 mooks, and you're gonna take uh, what is that then? Six stress. <laughs> I think I lost you. Oh, are you there? I lost you for a second. Oh, yep, yep. I'm still here. <laughs> so I heard uh, uh, that I, that there's the advantage of being, uh, they have the advantage that I was disarmed, um, and then I think you were going to give me some stress. You are going to take six stress. Oh! <laughs> oh my gosh! That's a lot! <laughs> yep, yep, yep. You can always you can always bow out or take consequences. Uh, you know what? I am just going to bow out. I feel like it's the first fight, so it's okay sure. if uh, I don't come out on top. So yeah, so this guy just barrels down at me. Uh, my I was backing away, and my heel got caught in the hem of my dress, mm-hmm. and that's part that that added to me uh, falling and the the gun going flying. Okay, so um. Yeah, so uh, everything goes fuzzy. You know, the lights the lights start haloing. You black out. You come to um, in like a... Oh, it's like a, a military bunk room. Huh. Like a tiny little military bunk room. And uh, you're, there's somebody with their back turned to you fiddling mm-hmm. with... You can see the pink handle of... A, a distinct ray gun. A distinctive ray gun. Yeah. Am I uh, tied up? Uh, no, no, but the room is clearly, okay. the door is clearly locked. Okay, okay. Uh, you should really be careful because I've actually been having some trouble with the accelerometer and it's actually very easy for it to overload. So um, if you move that blue wire any closer to the green wire, um, half of downtown is going to go bye-bye. No, see, the problem is you didn't put the cooling in the right place. If you had moved the cooling up higher, then the water, then the the cool, then the temperature of the water would soak up the extra heat from the accelerometer. It's, it's, I, a simple mistake. I'd have probably done it in my early days as well. And he goes right back to fiddling with it. Except that if you did that, then it ruins the entire silhouette. I... He turns around, uh, yeah, so Dr. Methuselah turns around and just, no, no, look how cool this looks. And it looks like a super soaker, <laughs> like it's got two big water <laughs> tanks on top. He's like, look, it's got the tubes. It looks very, it's retro. This is, this is ray gun chic, okay? Um, that looks like a toy. Nah, you wouldn't get it. Uh, I don't think I want to. What I want to get is uh, to know why you are both here and were in some musty old newspaper clippings from 30 years ago. Uh, that was my father. And he starts to like looks, his eyes start darting, darting back and forth. Uh, if you're going to want him to be honest, that's going to take an opposed role. All right. That is what I want. I'm uh, persuasion. Yes. He got a he got a four. And I also got a four. Okay. So okay, uh, but I would like I would like to I I want to succeed straight out. 
Okay. Um, so I would like to tag um, my trouble of being underestimated. Uh, sure. He's not expecting uh, somebody like me to uh, to come at him with uh, uh, this sort of line of questioning. Yeah. Okay. So then exactly what happens is he says like, no, that was my father. That was. Uh, I that I that was nonsense. So you've read the books then. Kids today, I don't. You're not supposed to be reading. Oh, trust me, I did not read. I looked at the pictures. That sounds more like the kids of today. You should be reading more. Uh, that would be my sister, Janie. Maybe you've met her? And uh, Jesse is looking around the room, which obviously does, I assume, does not have uh, her sister in it. It is. She's not. She's not here. <laughs> You're Janie's sister. Well, that explains... Uh, guilty? That explains a lot. Okay. And he extends, like, a bony old man hand. He's like, Dr. Leopold Methuselah. Charmed, I'm sure. Jesse recoils at this this decrepit hand that is reaching towards her. Uh, and it stre- the, the, the pause stretches to an uncomfortably long time before she reaches out, like, with just her fingertips. It kind of takes his fingertips and does the shortest, briefest, lightest handshake that she can get away with. He's, and he, he, he starts telling you a story about, yes, well... Well, yes, that was me. 1952. First rocket test, very successful. Still my baby. Uh, I've always been fascinated with space and the stars. You've probably heard about my recent work with the lasers and kind of why we're here. Yeah, so, okay, I have like a thousand questions. Um... But most important for right now, you said sounds like you've met Janie, and um, I kind of need to get her home because our parents are like totally boring and don't and have other stuff to do a lot of the times. But eventually, they're gonna notice that she didn't make curfew. So, um, if we could just kind of move this along, yes, that uh, that makes sense. That all checks out. Um. Well, that's going to be a problem, but it, it certainly makes sense. Um, you see, she has been, uh, what was the word that he used? What was that? He's, he uses weird words. He's got that, uh, he's got that 60s talking thing going. I don't like it. It's too Silver Age. He's got this, he's tapped her as his royal interpreter. I, I don't know. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense with the aesthetic, but it's fine. So he's with, he's in his, head, his like, private chamber. Okay, so that's, like, totally creepy, and I'm going to call America's Most Wanted on him, I think. Um, but before that, so you've been around, um... For, like, a while, if you were in that 50s photo. So, did you know this Antius guy before? Um, boy, you've done your research. Yes, 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 we worked together. I supplied his goods, and he stayed out of my hair. And he kind of pats his bald head. 
We're rather the hair that was there before, and he kind of chuckles to himself. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, we work together. Uh, but he died, and now this pretender, this fraud, is trying to use knowledge of my true history to get me to command this laser. And I did it. Oh, okay, so we're we're on the same page. Wait, you did it? Yeah, I... I look, I've been working for 20 years to make this world a better place. I signed up with the government. I made the space laser. I wanted to defend this planet because I saw what was out there when Antius was killed by the Martians. But the thing is... I've done a lot of things before that that I'm not proud of. And I want those things kept secret. I want the fact that I'm 120 years old kept secret. Promise me you'll keep that part secret. Um, totally. She's lying. Do you want me to roll? Uh, no, no, no. I think he knows. I okay. think he knows. Um, <laughs> All right. He, and he says, so, yes, I gave him the codes... And and at that moment, um, on the loudspeakers of the base, you hear, Attention world, it is Antius. It is time that we bargained for, and you hear, like, scrambling and alarms. I have armed the laser and I have targeted it at the town of Mount Haverford. You have one hour. Uh, so as soon as the the announcement ends, uh, Jesse just looks at Dr. Methuselah. So um, good job making the world a better place when you're going to blow up my hometown just to keep your stupid age a secret. He tosses you the gun and he says, it's it's so much more than an age, but don't bother. You're wasting time. Go talk. Go. Don't talk. Go act. And he kind of slumps in a chair. That Jesse just looks around for a moment, holding her gun. That was that was easier than I thought. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and she she goes to the. You said the door was locked. Yes. Okay. So um, so she turns back to Doctor Methuselah. Um, I don't suppose you like have the key. Oh, that's right. We're locked in a room, and we're all gonna die. Okay. Meh. And he kind of slumps a little further down in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so glad you're super helpful. Uh, <laughs> this is obviously uh, a one lady sort of job. And uh, she is going to, uh, she has an advanced particle enhancement ray. She's going to shoot the lock. All right. Make me that roll. <laughs> this is going to be pretty easy. I'm going to put this at a one. All right. Especially with the gun, it's pretty simple. One, point and shoot. All right. You blow open the thing. Um. Oh uh, yeah, you blow open the thing, but I'm not going to give you a boost or anything because you just sort of, it okay. blows open and it's loud and you get some attention on you. All right. So what happens now is um, make me a roll to get through, to like maneuver sort of the, you look around and you're still on Dutch Dillon Air Force Base. All right. Make me a roll to, like, sneak around without being caught by this knight who you know is here. 
Yes. You don't see him, but you know he's here. Uh, two. Okay. Um, this is gonna be... Alright. So, um, you're moving through. And you, you, you dodge a lot. You dodge the mooks. You know, you see some, some guys walking around with stolen military guns and they're, they're in the domino mask with the capes. You, you dodge them easy. So even though I'm on the military base, the only people I'm seeing are the, 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 the mooks of Antius. Yeah. Which is odd. Okay. Yes. It's real weird. Um, so you're moving through. And you get to sort of a, a, you get to a lab similar to Methuselah's lab, which is where you see where you've been, you see it's, you're, it's some bunks nearby. So you make your way towards Methuselah's lab, because you know that's where he's got to be, because he's got the codes and he's operating the satellite. Mm-hmm. And you see, standing outside, is that big armored knight. Just looking around, doesn't see you yet, but he's blocking the door. Mm-hmm. You see into the window of the lab. You see Janie, and she is, uh, she looks fine. She looks bored. She looks, you know apathetic she's got her she's got her head in a book <laughs> but she's like leaning back in the chair and doing that sort of 80s nerd thing where she almost falls over and then she catches herself <laughs> jesse just shakes her head the it mutters to herself oh my gosh janie the world is going to end and you're reading another chapter of calculus because of course she's not even reading a novel she's yeah. she's reading a textbook right um so Jesse is going to uh, dive behind because uh, I imagine it's a military base, you know, in eighties military uh, bases and movies are kind of just be random stacks of of sandbags, oh, yeah. you know, presumably for some sort of training exercise. Uh, so Jesse is going to do a duck and roll behind one of those just as that knight begins to turn his head in her direction. Okay, yeah. So make me a uh, make me a stealth roll for that. All right. That is a two. Alright. Okay. Uh you've successfully done it. You've got a boost, which is uh sandbags. Which is easy cover. Great. Um He starts he starts looking around. He starts he's watching people scramble. He and he just kind of like leans back. And he's kinda of, he seems he seems almost bored at the fact that like there's there's apocalyptic threatening and bargaining and all that going on. Uh, before I make a, a heroic dive to take out this knight, uh, actually, I want to do a little bit of, of scoping out from my cover. Okay. Uh, and try to figure out where are all the military folks being held. Okay. Yeah. Make me an uh, awareness or insight, whichever is higher. All right. That'd be insight. <laughs> Oh, that's nice. That's a four. Okay. You look around and you're not sure you see any places, any other, like the bunks all seem to have open doors and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, well, that's real, like, and then you start watching a pair of these mooks. And you start watching their feet. And you see that their feet are marching in unison. Oh. And you see the way they're holding their guns is... You can, we we get a flashback to that that scene when you when the guns were pointed on you and you kind of see that the way they're holding their guns when they were de- dejected and walking away, you mm-hmm. see that they're holding them in the same way and they're just and 
It starts to, and then you look at the knight. Just in time to see him kind of kick up that uh kick up his visor a little bit. And he puts a cigar in his mouth and he lights it. <gasps> no. <laughs> Jesse says, like, oh, I was gonna come find you, and well, I guess I did. And she's going to uh now lift her her gun over the sandbags, and she wants to take a shot at the general slash knight. Alright. You wanna get a I believe it's gonna be a three. You wanna get a three you wanna get a four better, three to three to tie. Alright. Boom. All right, I got the three. Perfect. So you've tied, you've got a boost. Uh, what do you want the boost to be, and do you want to use it? Uh, I would like the boost to be... I don't know, do you have an idea? Um, I do, actually. I think um, electrified armor or something. Oh, If he's wearing all right. like, med- like conductive metal armor, something like that. Because that, that, that seems like it would translate easy to especially like a stun or something if you just wanted to get past him. Yes, let's let's uh, have that be the boost and we'll just tag that right now. All right, perfect. So he goes down and he's still, you get the feeling that like if you're not quick, he could recover. Mm-hmm. But he goes down and like the helmet falls off and it's, oh my God, it's McLean. And he <laughs> kind of is like... <laughs> I think it's then not so much that, like, the armor's electrified, but it's, like, that it kind of freezes it in place because it's kind of, like, mm-hmm. charged up in a weird way. Maybe it's magnetized, even. Mm-hmm. And he kind of looks up at you kind of frozen, and he kind of just chuckles. <laughs> yeah, I underestimated you. I see that now. And he kind of nods, and he's just kind of laying there. Uh, Jesse's going to bend down and take the cigar out of his mouth, throw it on the ground right next to his head, and stomp on it with her delicate uh, stiletto high heels. Those could kill you, you know. <laughs> and she's going to uh, go to the the door of the uh, the lab. Is it locked? Uh, it is not locked. It's wide open. Um, you kick open the door. And Absolutely. we arrive at the final confrontation. Dun, dun, dun. Which triggers another milestone. Great. So, um, uh, uh, go ahead. You can take another stunt. Go ahead and take another stunt. And, uh, let's see. and up a skill by one. And Ooh, then I'm going to do the exact same thing for the man standing in the, the man standing inside near Janie, but not wearing his mask. And that is Ant, that is the man that is no longer Antius, but he's wearing the rest of Antius's costume. And he's kind of sweaty, and he's kind of mumbling to himself. He's like, did I get it right? Did I do the thing? I forgot to make demands. Dang it, dang it, dang it. Alright, I'm going to take uh, the weird science stunt. Okay. And then I also get to up a skill, you said? Yes. And we're going to up shooting. Okay. Since obviously that has become an important skill to have. All right. So um, he turns and he grabs a gun as well. He grabs just one of these big honking like Colt 45 pistol type ones and he points it at you. And he's like, who, who are you? Okay, who are you? Um, I'm the girl that's your worst nightmare. 
my worst nightmare is spiders. I shouldn't say that. That's too much information. No. And he kind of goes for the mask and he realizes that it's going to be too difficult to get to it. And he just kind of sighs for a second. He says, you know, my, my dad did this. My dad was really good at this. It's really hard living up to your parents' expectations. You know, the criminal conundrum. He was great. And you've heard the name. It was an old, it was one of these old, you know, mask and, mask and moot guys from the 60s. <laughs> um, Jan, why are we talking about that? He, he was great. But here's the thing. He followed this, uh, this gentleman's agreement. And he died penniless and destitute. Which are the same word. I see that now. Dang, uh, dang it. And he just keeps, keeps like shaking the gun at you. But I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna destroy the gentleman's agreement. I'm gonna destroy Antius's legacy, and I'm gonna bring back the old ways. Um, the old ways of blowing up towns. Yeah, yeah, that's what they used to do. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Janie, is that what they used to do? Not really. Uh, it was a lot of bluffs. They used to to make death traps and things. This is sort of just global terrorism. Dang it! You you were supposed to. Coach me on this stuff. Take a horse to water. <laughs> Are you okay, Janie? Yeah, I'm fine. Take him out. He's, oh. <laughs> a whole thing. I'll tell you later. Well, gladly. And uh, Jesse uh, flips a, a switch on uh, her her gun, and you hear the the whirring sound of it charging back up. All right. So, uh, as that's happening, he is going to freak out and take a shot. Uh, it is a three total to defend against that, and then you can take a shot of your own. Alright. Let's see, I got a one. So, that would mean I'm taking two two stress. Two stress. Yep. Or, um, I will take a, uh... Rather than, than filling up both of my stress uh, boxes, I will move that over to be a consequence. Okay. Um, and uh, so she's going to have the uh, the consequence of a uh, grazed arm. The bullet okay. grazed her her arm, so she's she's hurt. Okay. Yeah. So your arm's grazed. Um, you're you're clutching it. And it, it tore her dress. That's it yeah. Tore it, her yeah. dress, and that's what makes her angry. Yeah. Now she's she's distracted because she's angry. So make me that. This was Kelvin Klein. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> roll me that shoot roll. Gladly. That's a three. Okay. Uh, that is. That exactly hits. So can I? T- yes. Uh, Sorry. Can I Go tag ahead. my cool new gadget aspect? You so sure that can. Uh, in fact, you get a free invoke Boom. on that. Awesome. So, yeah, we'll use that free invoke. All right. That's going to knock out a stress box. Aha. So, um, he is going to... Hmm. He's going to try a mental attack on you. Ooh. 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 Yeah, he's going to try a mental attack on you. Um, he's He's got a seven... Because oh. he's pointed the gun at Janie. And he says, you were talking to her. You know her. Uh, surrender or I shoot. 
And uh, let's see. So do I uh, do I even roll against that? Uh, yeah, you can absolutely roll against that unless you want to take a compel okay. on that. I'll take the compel. I will, I'll never say okay. no to to fate points. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you get the fate point. Um. Uh. You because of because your twin sister is in danger. You drop the gun. And he's yep, um, just it clatters to the floor. Yep. And he starts and he kind of moves the gun away from her back down because you can tell he wasn't entirely comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm sorry. Sorry, Janie. You've been cool. You've been cool about this. And she's like, whatever. <laughs> I'm really glad that you're appreciating the sacrifices that I'm making for you. Yeah. If, yeah. You're making so many sacrifices. You're going to save the day. You got 38 minutes. Why did you why did you tell him to only give us an hour? Eh, it seemed dramatic. It's was that's <laughs> what they do. They give you one hour. That's a thing. Like I said. Whose side are you on? Like, can we just get this in the open? Janie, whose side are you on? Uh Okay, you know how you do this because you're bored? Yes. I was bored. <laughs> that hurts. What? That like really hurt. Like, are you trying to be my? Are you trying to be my nemesis? It is way too early for me to have a nemesis. Are you trying to make be my nemesis? You know, I wasn't before, but now, but maybe I am now. When she kind of slams the book down, yeah, we're nemeses now. We're nemeses now. <laughs> I'm just imagining the guy who's like he's he's standing back because he's totally lost control of the oh, yeah. situation. He's just kind of sitting back, like, oh, all right. <laughs> and now it's a cat fight. <laughs> yep. That's, like, so selfish of you. Like, just because I have a thing, you need to try to ruin it? By blowing up the town, by the way. It got out of hand, sure, but make me a persuade roll here. That is a three. Okay, that succeeds. Uh, That's gonna... Knock out his other stress box as he's getting real stressed right now. <laughs> it's appropriate because <laughs> he's just like, uh, people are fighting and I'm confused and I don't really know what to do. Um, uh, huh? Hey, hey, ch- hey, bo- hey, hey, buddy. <laughs> and uh, McLean outside is like, still frozen. Nothing I can do. <laughs> so what's your new, what's your next move? Hmm? Yeah. Uh, Jesse's just going to hold up a, a hand at the, the guy. You stay out of this. This is no longer about you, okay? Excellent, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so then make, uh, then... Okay, then uh, Janie is going to make a mental attack at a six. <laughs> as she's pulling Ooh. out, she's pulling out, like, old things. Like, you know that time that we were eight and you pushed me out of the tree? Yeah, that hurt. Not just physically, because you pushed me out of a tree, but, like, emotionally, that hurt. Well, like, maybe you shouldn't have been such a baby about it and trying to claim that the tree has feelings. The tree does have feelings. Read the Lorax. (laughs) Um, there's too many words in that. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, I, uh, I rolled against, uh, her there and got a four. Okay, so take two stress. All right. Now, when I fill my stress boxes, does that mean uh, the I'm next out? time you take the next time you take stress, you get okay. taken out? Okay, cool. 
since my two my my mild consequences already taken up, I right. have to go to the stress boxes. Um, and uh, what I would like to do, um, so I have the disarming charm stunt. Sure. And uh, which allows me to uh, once per episode when dealing with an NPC, if that NPC is an aspect that indicates hostility or dislike towards you, the GM loses access to it. Okay. So I don't know exactly what that aspect is, but I'm sensing some hostility oh, towards a, me right there's now. There's a sibling rivalry aspect that is out of play. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I obviously it's still part of her character, but you can't tag that right. now against okay. me. Uh and uh, as as Jesse is uh, going back and forth in this argument about really petty things from their childhood, she's um, slowly kneeling down, um, trying to get her her gun back. So she's kind of trying to keep Janie talking, so she doesn't quite realize what Jesse is is trying to do. Okay, uh, make that's going to be a stealth roll. It's going to be sure a thing. total of I believe of not much. Because it's working pretty well. It is going <laughs> to be... Two. Let's see. Let's see. I got one, but uh, I am... I'm the Valley Girl Batman. If I can't get a gun while my sister is is jabbering at me, then what kind of superhero am I? Perfect. You you pull it off flawlessly. So you've got the gun. Do you want to take another action? <laughs> uh, I want to. I am going to flip a, another switch, basically moving it to the stun setting because sure. uh, even though she's my nemesis now, uh, I still I still love her. So I don't want to entirely killer so we're we're setting this on to stun before i shoot her and don't forget i totally remember at our 14th birthday party when you manipulated the spin the bottle game so that you would get to do seven minutes in heaven with jimmy carter and that is going to be a four all right um okay so i think you start to pull the trigger right Mm-hmm. And he's tears running down his face. Uh, <laughs> tears running down his face. Antius is like, no, 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 don't, don't shoot your sister, please. She's not. <laughs> she's not the one. Here, here the, uh, I don't know what to. And he kind of like jams a key into a thing and hits a red button. And like, if the lights stop, the the red like alarm lights stop flashing. And he's like, look, don't, don't shoot your sister. <laughs> And you, you take and, a moment to appreciate the irony that, like, <laughs> now you're pointing a gun at Janie, and he's like, no, no, no. Um, okay. Thank you for turning off the big red button. Dang it, I shouldn't have done that, because now I got, oh, God. <sighs> Janie's just like, you're not good at this. <laughs> Yeah, she's like really kind of right on that. No, I'm I'm not. You should like read a book. Yeah, I should. As the the red and blue police lights start like swarming the lab. At that moment, um at that moment McLean with the night mask back on, like kicks open the door and is like, I got you turned off the button. Uh yes. You did good, kid. Um, thank you. 
And Jesse sounds kind of unsure because she's not entirely sure what she did do. <laughs> you know, you play the cards right at the end of the day. You found his weak point. He's stressed out easily. He's a stressed <laughs> out man. Um, so we get another series of like big flashy shots. Yep. And we get a news report that shows him like behind bars. We get a shot of um, we get a shot of uh, disgraced former General McLean walking with handcuffs. Still in the ridiculous costume. Yep, absolutely. Um, we're in your we're in your your house a few days later. It's night. You head over to Janie's bedroom. Have you? How has your relationship been in the last few days? <laughs> I think part of that montage showed a couple of family dinners that were quieter than normal. Uh, the the yuppie parents of uh, Jesse and Janie are absorbed in in other things uh, at the dinner table, so they don't notice this mm-hmm. cold war that is going on between mm-hmm. the girls. So in the montage, it's just lots of like pointed glares and uh, you know very uh, polite like in cold past the salt sort of, of requests. Mm-hmm. So they haven't had an actual conversation in the three days or so Great. since this all went down. So I'm going to give one final compel just to set up, just to set up the, the, the closing note. Sure. She's your twin. She's your twin sister. You can't stay mad at family, your sister, your twin sister for that long. Yeah. So you go, you knock on the door. It kind of, it, mm-hmm. it swings open a little bit. You peek your head inside. She's gone. Has her... Oh, she's gone. Did she... uh, Is her room ransacked either again or still? No. Or she's just... Okay. It's pristine. But with a note. And it just says, (gasps) catch me if you can. Oh, I love it. And we get credits roll. Yes, the the 80s power ballad Mm -hmm. needs to start playing. Mm -hmm. And that's... And that's game. That's Shadow of the Century. Oh, that was so fun. Oh, that game's really fun. I like that game a lot. Yes, yeah. I've uh I've played Spirit of the Century. Uh I played that a while ago. And of course it was in a, a much larger mm-hmm. group, but I really like the the updates that they've done for this. I love the 80s setting and uh I had a lot of fun playing it one on one. I loved it. I was super, super fun. Angela, thank you so much for coming to Party of One. This was a blast. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the chance to come on and play. Oh, absolutely. So real quick, where can people find your work online? Uh, You can find me at Fandible.com, where we're putting out now three episodes a week of various actual play podcasts, including the uh, Fandible Solo Shot, our Star Wars one-on-one podcast that's starting. Uh, You can also find me on Twitter at Angela Craft. Excellent. Well, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future, me. Thanks, Bass Me. And thanks again to Angela for coming on the show. I freaking love that game. What a blast that was to play. You should absolutely check out Fandible. They're just an amazingly talented group of people telling such a wide and varied swath of different gaming stories that I, I think you'll absolutely find something you love. You should especially, especially check out the Fandible solo shot on Thursday, May the 4th, because two-player games rule and Star Wars rules and Force and Destiny rules, and Fandible rules, so the whole thing is just gonna rule. Fandible.com, Thursday, May 4th, Fandible Solo Shot, check it out, it's gonna rule.
Finally, you should follow Angela on Twitter at AngelaCraft and follow Fandible on Twitter at Fandible. Then, while you're on Twitter, you should follow Party of One at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. Uh, if you really enjoyed the show, consider giving us a nice iTunes review, social media shout-out, or word-of-mouth recommendation. All three of those things help the show find new audiences and do bigger, better, and cooler things. If you want to hear more from me, consider checking out All My Fantasy Children, the podcast in which Aaron Catano and I take your listener prompts and turn them into beautiful, thriving, vibrant role-playing game children. If you want to play a game with me, there are still seats available in the game of Worldwide Wrestling that I'm running for Lawful Good Gaming on May 13th. Cost of a seat is just a $10 donation to the Southern Poverty Law Center, so you're donating some money to a good cause, and you get to play a game with me, and we get to talk wrestling. That's a win-win-win. You can find more information about that at bit.ly slash po1wrestling or in the show notes. Party of One is produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates coming onto the show, or you want to hear my NJPW fantasy booking, send me an email at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. Well, that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. And party on. Never gonna die.